Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah Ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen Brothers and sisters, welcome to another episode of the Khilafah podcast Brought to you from the studios of Hizb al-Tahrir in Australia Today we're going to offer a brief comment on the events of the Capitol Hill Events which are unprecedented in nature in scale in our times Although the reality of what it represents is far from without precedent The first thing we need to appreciate is that what we witnessed was not a divergence from the norm in terms of the reality of what it represents. And in order to appreciate this point, uh, we need to appreciate really what America represents. All that we witnessed over the last week with the attacks on the Capitol Hill, um, and and I constantly... Um, I laugh at the language that often is used to describe those events. Um, But that's not our discussion today. We'll come back to that another time, inshallah. The reality of what America represents um, is that America, like all European nations, um, like all Western countries, everything that was exported from Europe um, was built on genocide, was built on slavery, was built on enslavement, was built on um, rape, theft, dispossession, uh, and these are not just catchphrases. What sort of what sort of human must you be if you can accept uh, to to trade in the lives of other human beings, to transfer them from one continent to another, knowing full well that a significant portion of them are going to die on the way, and a significant portion after that are going to die from disease, um, and what's left you'll enslave on plantations and, and other places, and you set up institutions that not just uh, legitimize it, but, um, but industrialize it. And in the process, you kill millions, millions upon millions, and you cause untold harm and misery and destruction, uh, and then you go further than that. It's not bad enough that you're okay to do that. Uh, you arrive at a place and you and you, you, you seek a genocide of indigenous populations, you refuse to accept uh, their right over the land, you come with such arrogance uh, that you declare yourself as the god of the world, uh, and that you have a god-given right to be in that place and to be on top of those peoples, and you, do, and you enact that in the most vicious ways. That's America. That's European colonialism. That's the reality of what America has represented since day one. And the only things that change over time is not what America represents, but the means by which they seek to, to, uh, to materialize those things. Over time, the world moves on. Uh, the globe is becoming a lot smaller. And it's not possible at all times to engage in this way. And you have to become a little more sophisticated in your approach. Uh, in American politics, like the politics of most Western countries, has progressed with the time not in order to change the reality of what their politics represents or what their ideologies represent about the superiority of the white man, the superiority of capital-owning classes and things like that, um, but the means by which they seek to assert their supremacy, to entrench their supremacy, um, changes over time. Meaning new styles are constantly adapted. Um, the, at the same time when America founded and, and wrote its constitution, it was the same period in which slavery was was very not just accepted but was an institution. It was just a given. It's just how life was lived, and the founding fathers of America were all slave owners. 
Um, and and these these phrases are not catchphrases that you utter lightly. It means life and death. It means a life of servitude. It means a life of if you if you outlive your usefulness, uh, you no longer have a reason to be on this earth. It means you organize dinner parties where you hang people by trees and you cut their private parts and you laugh in the process and, and, you, and you act on like nothing significant happened and you go back and you continue your meal. And worse than that, you convince yourself of your own benevolence that you, you continue to go to church on Sunday like nothing happened. And in fact, the church and the religion that you follow justifies all of this because of the supposed uh, superiority of the white man or the Christian man. That's what America represents, has always represented, continues to represent. Only the styles change. And so the institutions that America established um, and, and adopted along the way were just means by which they sought to preserve the status quo, to perpetuate the status quo. And the events on Capitol Hill are significant, not because it changed the reality of what America is, not because there was an assault on democracy or because there was an assault on the institutions of America or this was against the concept of the rule of law. No, it was significant because it, it, it introduced to us, for, the, for those who have not seen it before in our living time, a, a style of politics or a style of, of disagreement that we are not familiar with. We're not used to it. That what we've had for so long is just tyrants in suits who hide behind the rule of law. That enact the law in order to, to excuse and, and to perpetuate their tyranny. Um, we've seen it in so many cases, the, the, the merging of, of interests between uh, government, between big business, between media and things like that. Um, but everyone was okay with that arrangement because it served its interest, it served their interests. But at some point, some are going to become a little disillusioned by that and some will seek a greater say in matters. Some will seek a greater share of the benefit because ultimately all Americans, all America represents and all that capitalism represents is just benefit. And as long as the setup serves their benefit, they'll persist with it. And the minute it doesn't, uh, then they'll seek to change it. That's what we witnessed on Capitol Hill last week. We saw an attack on the institutions of democracy, not because there was an, not because a democracy or the or the or, or Congress or the or the Senate was so sacrosanct um, that we would consider an assault on that to be treason, treasonous. No, I mean institutions of America have done this from day one, just in different forms. All we're witnessing is just a, an old school. Um, ugly version of what we have come to know to operate via the rule of law and the rule of law set up by the very people who own slaves and come from families that own slaves and, and persist in, 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 the same, in the same dynamics um, that uh, represented America from day one. The thing that we need to represent and uh, need to appreciate is that what we witnessed is significant because it holds up a mirror to Americans themselves. Let me explain that for a moment. The rest of the world knows what America represents. Ask the people of Iraq their opinion of, of America. Ask the people of Afghanistan their opinion of America. Ask the Vietnamese. Ask the Koreans. Ask the Japanese. Ask whoever uh, has experienced the reality of American occupation or American imperialism, neoliberal imperialism. Ask them of their views towards America and everyone knows the reality of it and it's been displayed in everywhere ask the South Americans 
after ask the Africans, ask those in the Middle East, ask wherever America went, in the same way that before, wherever Britain went, wherever Europeans went, ask the people who experienced the reality of life under American occupation what their opinion is of America. And the, and the answer is very clear. So why is this? Why are the events of the last week so more significant um, that it deserves a conversation on its own? To answer this, I want to take us back to the events of Abu Ghraib, and not just the events themselves, but the exposing of what happened at Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib was a prison, uh, a prison system, part of a wider rendition program um, set up in Iraq during the occupation, continuing occupation of Iraq. Um, where the gross mistreatment of um, of its its um, its prison population was broadcast to the world, that for a long time America had sought to represent a certain image of itself and of democracy and what it sought to export to the Muslim world, and this was contrasted with the reality of what was happening with the American occupation in Iraq, and this was encapsulated. Um, no, uh, no more profoundly than the images that emerged from Abu Ghraib. So much so that so much of the imagery was uh, not allowed to be released publicly because of the the detrimental effect it would have on America's national security, which means in, in basic speak, the whole world, including Americans themselves, serving Americans, everyone in America that believed the lie that is America and what it sought to export to the world would see the reality of what America represents. The world would erupt if it saw with its own eyes the reality of what America represented. Um, you know, competitors to America would exploit this this issue to its full extent, rightfully, uh, because of of what it's what it represents, the profoundness of what it represented. And so, Abu Ghraib serves as a metaphor to uh, a mirror being held up, not just to the world, um, but importantly, held up to America itself held up to Americans themselves. And this is important because you need to provide an ideological justification for everything you do in the world, both inside America and outside of America. And for a long time, people have bought the lie. That is, that is democracy. That is secularism. That is the rule of law. That is the parliament. Um, and Americans went to war in Iraq and Afghanistan on the basis that they wanted to spread democracy uh, to that part of the world and use it as a springboard uh, to, to reimagine the Middle East and the wider world in, in that form. But what transpired, like what transpired in Vietnam, like what transpired in World War II, uh, and everywhere else where America went was the precise opposite. But the difference is now the whole world became a witness to that. And Americans need to, uh, needed, to make, uh, needed to take a position on that. Um, and that position is, look, for a long time we've bought into the lie of what America rep- we thought America represented. And yet the reality of American action speaks to the contrary. Now we have a choice to make. Either we, we seek to exceptionalize those actions um, and say, okay, this is an aberration and needs to be remedied, or we have to accept that, you know what, this is really what America represents. And if it's happening consistently over and over again, there's only so many times you can lie to yourself before you have to accept that, you know what, you are in fact the problem. That what it is that we're seeking to export is in fact the problem. That what we are bringing to the world is in fact the problem. That what we have created in our own countries is in fact the problem. And this is what Abu Ghraib represented. And this is why it's important to appreciate the, the, the significance of the attack on capital. Because America is a divided country. Has always been. 
And those divisions constantly come to the fore in various forms, just as it does in Europe, just as it does wherever Europeans went with their experience in colonialism. We are not new to that, even in this country in Australia. Um, but when those fractures, those deep divisions come to the fore in the way that they have, that means those who bought into the lie, who were sold this Ponzi scheme called democracy, called the rule of law, called capitalism, those who were either who either bought into it or were forced into it, um, needed to make uh, a judgment now that, you know what, there's two things happening. Either this Ponzi scheme is no longer serving my interest or what I was told it represented is in fact not true and, it's, and, and what's true is the precise opposite. So for a long time we, they were sold the idea that there is nothing more sacrosanct in America than its constitution, um, the rule of law, uh, the, the, the institutions of America, the Supreme Court, the Senate, the Congress, and things like that. Um, for a long time, um, this, this, um, this pretense was maintained because um, the way in which the divisions were uh, continued to remain entrenched was in a way that convinced people that this was uh, the correct way to go about things. So under, under the concept of the rule of law, even though the law is not written for the people, but written for exclusive groups that uh, you know, either uh, have, uh, you know, have a proximity to, to whiteness or a proximity to capital-owning classes, and often those categories interchange, um, they represented the key interest groups in America, and it served their purpose. Or they persisted in, in the lie that, look, um, capitalism serves us in the way that it provides financial security, financial stability, economic security, um, healthcare, and things like that. And over time, this concept of being decimated, this lie had, has become decimated. And things like COVID have blown the lie out of the water. That to this day, record numbers of cases, infections, record numbers of, of deaths because of COVID, record, record numbers on so many levels that that the healthcare system broke a long time ago, that it was no way prepared for anything before COVID, let alone after COVID, that millions live impoverished on American streets, um, the level of homelessness is so significant that it's beyond belief, that the number of Americans beyond that live day by day or, or check to check, um, that the lack of financial security or or uh, domestic security, um, not, not guaranteeing that there's going to be a roof over your head, these are, you know, these are, are, are deep divisions and deep fractures in America that for a long time have been successfully tapered over, not because the reality doesn't exist on the ground, but again, once you're invested in a lie, uh, you start to look at things differently or you start to excuse things or you start to provide um, you know, pretenses where you, your imagination, um, you, know, you believe your imagination rather than what you're actually uh, you're, uh, what you're actually uh, you, you believe your imagination over your observations um, and America and capitalism in general was always successful in selling hope and they sell dreams and that's how it allows the population to persist with its misery and they give us organised distractions and for a long time this has worked but you get to a point where capitalism by itself is self-cannibalising that even the, the, the founders even those who 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 invented the lie and, and sold the lie, eventually it's going to eat them up too. And so white Americans for a long time who benefit disproportionately from capitalism and from the concept of the rule of law, quote-unquote, and the institutions that America set up since its foundation, um, those benefits dissipate over time to the point where um, 
the reality of life under capitalism in America is that everyone is deprived of economic security, health security, and things like that. Um, and there is a huge wedge now between old America and new America in the sense that for a long time, America was an industrial powerhouse. There were white, uh, white collar jobs, blue collar jobs. Um, everyone would, would be in a position uh, to have food on their table. And everyone in this sense is predominantly white. Um, black, the black experience was always different. But even that can't persist forever. And the reality is there is, a, you know, there is uh, such a huge level of disenfranchisement from all sections of society in America, from both blacks and whites and Hispanics, um, you know, old and young, male and female. And these are the divisions that we see constantly come to the fore in America. And so the attack on capital represented a certain class of Americans um, that were fed up with the institutions no longer serving their interests, primarily serving their interests, that they, are, they felt they had become dispossessed of jobs, of health, of security, and of what they believed they represented or what America was supposed to represent in terms of conservatism, in, can, uh, in terms of white supremacy, and even maintaining the pretense, just the pretense of diversity or of inclusiveness or of acceptance um, or sharing the table with minority groups, just the pretense, not the reality, just the pretense was too much for them to, to bear. Um, and for a long time, these frustrations have been brewing to a point where um, they culminate in events like we've seen in Capitol Hill. Now, these events were not created because of Trump. Trump didn't whip up this hysteria. Trump is, is one of those politicians that sought to exploit these underlying sentiments for his own purposes, but at the same time, uh, the Republican Party and America more broadly uh, is facing great strategic challenges, great existential crises that it needs to push itself in a new direction and they needed an outsider to come do the hard work for them that both the Demo not, not the Democrats or the Republicans can do themselves. And, and many times in history we've seen this in America and in other countries where there, are where there is a huge need for a strategic shift in direction. Uh, you need someone from outside existing institutions to make those difficult decisions um, because of um, the inability of those invested in those institutions to do that. But there's a recognition that this change is needed and it has to be forced. Um, that's what Trump represents. America is floundering on many levels. And we've discussed this before and it will be, uh, continue to be, to be discussed. But what I want to say about the events is this, that the fractures that we see come to the fore is not going to end when Trump leaves office. That this is just the beginning of open open conflict in America. And when I say open conflict, it's not because there hasn't been conflict in America. Open conflict from those that previously were invested in the institutions of America, in what America represented. And so it's almost like a sibling rivalry where it's getting ugly now, where the punch is flying and the guns are being drawn. And what's, what's bare, you know, those, everyone else on the sideline is observing what's happening. But the division's fundamentally not between white and black. It's not between uh, young and old. It's between white Americans um, that are fighting over the soul of America. But America is sick, has been for a long time. And the ideology that America represents um, in terms of capitalism, in terms of democracy, is, is sick more than anything. And we've seen that in America and we've seen that outside of America and what it's tried, what it's tried to export. So where do we see things going from here? We see constant. We are going to see, even with Biden in office, and whoever comes after Biden, 
we are going to witness an increasing level of open hostility inside America between those previously invested in what America represented. And that means there, there is going to be more chaos, more open conflict, uh, more warfare. And it's not, without, it's not without possibility that we are witnessing the, the, the early stages of the disintegration of America um, geographically. That the struggle fundamentally between Trump and his opponents was a struggle between old America, new America, those for globalization and those against globalization, um, those for um, you know those who can who benefit continue to benefit from the institutions that America set up around global capitalism, and those that um, those those industries and those leaders and those uh, that voter base that ultimately have been hurt by that. And so forever in America is constantly pulled in two opposite directions. One takes a globalist approach, the other takes an isolationist approach. And that's what we're witnessing, just in different ways, with different styles. And it's not an insignificant matter when uh, the most symbolic institutions of America itself are targeted. That's telling you that um, America is on the verge of a seismic shift when there is nothing more sacred um, that means anything can happen, and that means everything will happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, uh, time will tell us how quickly that happens. Time will tell us in, um, which styles will be adopted in order to, to move in that direction. But the direction which America is heading is clear for everyone to see. And the, the America in the future will be nothing like the America in the past. It would not have a significant role in global affairs. It will be... Uh, it will be uh, riddled with its own internal problems. America for a long time has been desperately trying to claw back from its international commitments, um, desperate to get out of Iraq, desperate to get out of Afghanistan, desperate to, to reduce its numbers in Europe, desperate to um, you know, uh, to confront China but not in a traditional sense, not with an overt commitment in resources and, 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 uh, and, and money that goes with that. It wants to play an economic card. It wants to play um, a safer card because it literally does not have the resources to function in the way that it previously did. America is a bankrupt country that's living on borrowed time. Um, and the rest of the world realizes that Europe is already self-organizing independently of, uh, of America. Um, Australia is busy trying to establish a set of foreign policy objectives that do not rely on America's, uh, America's support. Um, and prioritizes its position in Southeast Asia. The rest of the world is doing the same. The rulers in the Muslim world for a long time have been sitting on very shaky thrones. And they are going to be one of the first of four when America, when America loosens its grip inside America, that it can no longer rely on American assistance. Um, and every ruler, every, every, uh, you know, every ruler in the Muslim world um, is sitting on very shaky thrones. And the conditions for seismic shifts in the Middle East and seismic shifts in the international order um, are evidently clear in front of us. And that's the symbolism of the attack on Capitol Hill. It represents the sickness of America. It represents the, the point at which America has reached that has been forced upon it, where it needs to move in completely different directions, weakened, battle-weary, um, much more, uh, much less powerful because of it. Much less have much less uh, global reach because of it, um, and potentially much more than that. Um, and the only variant here is whether some some other seismic event emerges on the world stage 
uh, that accelerates America's decline. Otherwise, it's just going to uh, suffer a slow, um, a slow but painful death. Um, and in this sense, we need to appreciate the events for what they represent. We aren't just simple observers that are just witnessing what's happening. We are part of an ummah that for a long time has been trying to rid itself from the, do the domination of the kuffar, of the colonialists, and primarily in the last century, it has been America. Um, and America's grip over the Middle East and over the Muslim world has been dwindling for a long time, and it's, and it's increasingly becoming a lot, a lot weaker. Um, and this can accelerate at exceptional rates at any point in time, and given the events of internal instability in America, of open conflict in America, the threats of uh, uh, the threats of um, you know uh, partisan um, open warfare in America, the threat of America dividing into two states, ironically the two-state solution between the old America and the new America, these are seismic events that have global ramifications but point to very positive developments from an Islamic point of view. Now, we don't want, as Muslims, to see misery around the world. We don't want people to suffer. Uh, and, and one of the greatest impetuses for us to, uh, to work to establish the Khilafah really is not just to rescue ourselves, but to rescue humanity. And given the experience of Europe, given the experience of America, they are ready to burn the countries down, as they did in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and many other. They are ready to burn the countries to the ground rather than hand it over that they will fight until the last man before they hand it over and accept that they're wrong. They're incapable of accepting that they are wrong. They're incapable that they're accepting, uh, they are incapable of accepting that they are the cause of misery in the world. Remember, these are people that used to hang people by trees um, and cut their body parts for laughter just to entertain the children. Uh, and this has not changed over time. Just the form and the style in which that happens has changed. Uh, these are devils in human forms um, that whose hands need to be need to be need to be rested because they're incapable of resting themselves. Um, and so, for the sake of not just the Muslims but the sake of humanity, uh, Muslims need to step up to the plate, um, appreciate the circumstances in which um, these events are born appreciate the symbolism of what's happening, the direction which the world is moving. And for a long time, Muslims, and especially those who have power in the Muslim world, were always overly concerned about the presence of America, the strength of America, or of the Kuffar and their grip over us, and how can we enact change? How can we establish the Khilafah when, 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 when? And there are countless excuses um, that prevented people from doing what needed to be done in order to enact change. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us very clearly that what we imagined as a fortress, what we imagined as fortified, unified people is anything but. That they are more riddled with their divisions, that they are more burdened by, by their crimes and by the, the consequences of their crimes that we can even imagine. And so the circumstances for change, not just in America, but in the Middle East, in the Muslim world, are so great um, that... It's almost as if we are witnessing a, a recurrence of history where the, the, the Romans and the Persians for a long time were at each other's necks and, and they, they successfully weakened themselves to the point that when Islam emerged on the stage, it emerged almost without resistance. Only Allah knows exactly how things will proceed from here, but what we can say definitively from the Islamic point of view, from the Ummah's point of view, that these are exceptional events 
that point to um, exceptional good times. Uh, this is exceptionally good news for the Muslims. Very positive developments in international affairs uh, that bode very well for change in the Muslim world, um, given the, the the changes that are happening in the Western world. And we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this change happens sooner rather than later and allow us to establish an authority on earth that genuinely, sincerely shows the world how to manage its affairs fairly and equitably and with true justice and true sincerity. We pray that this day comes through our hands and in our times. Inshallah. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.